Love yourself. Strive for progress, not perfection. Know your worth, then at tax. Make an income while making an impact. Doubt kills more dreams than failure ever will. Visualize your higher self and start showing up as that. Level up. Hi guys! And welcome back to a brand new episode of Level Up with Lou with your girl Lou Oni. Thank you guys so much for listening to the last episode and for your feedback and encouragement because I know I share content all the time and you know it's difficult sometimes as a content creator to feel supported so I'm just really glad you guys support the content and I'm glad you guys are listening and gaining something from it. I'm so excited for this episode, guys. Today's guests are amazing. I've been looking at all their like podcast episodes, their YouTube videos. Today's guests are Yahim and Natasha, relationship experts and the creators of the, of the Exceptional Relationship Formula, which was created to help heal couples and bring back intimacy, love and connection. Guys, they've been together for 10 years and they've been married for six and they've learned so much about relationships, which they wish to share with us today. Guys, how are you doing today? Very good, very good. Great. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the episode. Um, I'm really excited to speak with you and just learn a lot about you and about relationships and your experiences. So thank you so much for coming on today. Where are you guys recording from? We are in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia, but neither of us are from this country <laughs> oh that's amazing guys um i was actually quite interested into how you even got to malaysia itself um do you want to just tell us a bit about your story um because i know you guys are from different parts of the world um natasha i feel like you're from canada mm-hmm. um and yahim you're from is it switzerland yeah or? switzerland yeah. yes oh i remembered yeah <laughs> so just tell us a bit about you know how you even got to malaysia in the beginning how you even met each other because i know your story is really interesting yeah yeah, our our beginning is pretty wild. Um, so I'm Canadian and we met, you know, when we were quite young, really. And we were really, really different people back then, almost like polar opposites. Like I was really bubbly and optimistic and wanted to save the world. And Yahim was actually extremely pessimistic, which you, you will not get in this episode because he's changed so much in the last decade. But, he, you know, both of us, we were really different back then. But anyways, um, we met really by chance. We weren't supposed to, but we were both transferring at London Heathrow Airport. And it was at that time of year where it just snowed a tiny bit and everything shut down. So we weren't meant to go to the same destination. We weren't coming from the same places. We weren't even supposed to share like the same flight at all, like just transiting through that airport. But somehow I managed to sit down next to him and we ended up spending like a solid three days together. And we were really stuck because we couldn't leave. We couldn't fly. There was nowhere to go. So so he's just like, OK, I'm going to go to central London. I need a shower. I need to sleep. Uh, and and he's like you either come with me or you stay here by yourself like at the airport and it was my first time ever going to Europe so I was like oh no this stranger hasn't killed me in the last 24 hours so I might as well just I know like keep this companion so I I did Um, and and we kind of like bonded through that very stressful unexpected time Um, yeah but since then, uh, we've been, you know, we did long distance for a few years. Uh, I moved to Switzerland. Um, we were doing the digital uh, nomad thing for the last two years, and we decided to uh, actually settle here in Malaysia for the next while. So we've been pinballing all mm-hmm. over the world. And, wow. and yeah, it just turns out that we're here. <laughs> that's amazing um in terms of like countries wise which place is your favorite place that you've lived so far or i guess been to Mm, well they you know they all have their their flavor and 
their advantages and disadvantages. I personally really love Taiwan. That was actually my uh, favorite one and I wanted to settle in Taiwan. So our original plan was that last year we were supposed to go to Bali for a few months and then we would go back to Taiwan and stay there. Um, but with the whole COVID situation, we decided it just makes no sense. So we canceled everything and we just stayed here. That's amazing. I've always wanted to visit Asia. I feel like, yeah, definitely Bali is up there on my list. Um, I also want to go to China. I feel like China's like somewhere that is so historical and so interesting. So yeah, guys, that is really good. Um, I've always been interested as to why people do what they do and how they even get into certain professions or what drives them with their passions. What inspired you guys to become relationship coaches? Mm, so uh, what you have to know is that before we start working together and we went to the relationship field, we both actually were change workers already. So I was started out as a hypnotist and that was my profession. I had my own practice in, in Zurich and I was seeing people. And I was seeing people for all kinds of issues for, you know, sleep issues, stop smoking, weight loss, relationship issues, whether it's getting over someone or whether it's uh, finding someone or whether it's within the relationship having issues. And so I was, I was already doing that. And Natasha was also doing her own thing. Uh, if you want, actually, you can share some about that. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, I mean, pretty, pretty early on, we also like switched, we switched careers because I originally didn't study like self-development or life coaching. I actually, like when I mentioned that when we first met, I wanted to save the world. I was really serious about that. <laughs> like I, I studied environment and business and I thought, okay, you know, I don't know, through this environmental degree, I'm going to save the world somehow. And throughout the whole time, I was always trying to find my place um, in a certain company or a position that just like felt right to me. And then clearly like I wanted to do good from the beginning. But I realized after graduation just how, how, how tough that actually is. And so I had just multiple jobs and just, you know, the same kind of industry, a good industry, but I was, I felt like I was let down each time or I kept asking myself like, is there more, is there more? And at some point, you know, I just had to take a break from working. And that's where all the ideas came to me. And I couldn't stop it. And so I started, you know, doing a yoga teacher training. And then from there, I started doing some energy healing. And then from there, I started uh, my coaching uh, with women only, mostly on self-love and self-worth. So that was kind of the whole evolution of my career. It, it sounds like it was really zigzaggy, but actually like every single step kind of helped me to then do the next job better. So we landed on this particular kind of niche of, of coaching when it comes to relationships because we worked on ourselves so much for so many years and we thought we had it together. But then we didn't realize that when it came to those most intimate like people that you choose in your lives, we were actually hurting each other a lot. And there was still a lot of patterns from our past that we were just still doing, but we didn't recognize. We just saw how our relationship got harder and harder and harder. And we noticed how you know, like, oh, old couples bicker, old couples nag, or, you know, like, oh, it's just what, you know, like married people do. But we're like, really? Like, <laughs> is being a passive aggressive to my husband really normal? Like, is, is, is this okay? Like, is, is how we're being to one another, which we don't like, which we don't, you know, enjoy being those versions of ourselves. It's like, is that really who we should be together? And what are we creating here? So, you know, over time, after being together for so many years, it's like we're really not bringing out the best in each other anymore. So we had to, you know, have some really honest conversation. We had to really look at what we were doing to each other and to ourselves and it made such a big difference in our lives that we thought, okay, 
you know, the whole world thinks love is a certain way. And a lot of people think that long-term relationships become stale and they kind of like go into this, I don't know, box of boring, doing life together, like passionless thing, you know, where you kind of like, oh, nag at each other all the time. It's like, actually, we can really redefine that because we pivoted. We were going down that route and we could see our future and it's not a happy one. And we're like, oh, we, we could pivot. We could heal from that. So we, we were really touched by our own experience and our own healing um, in our relationship. So we decided to share that, um, I guess, with the world. That's amazing. Um, you talked about hurting each other and, you know, going through certain things as a, as a couple, um, which has then helped you to then help other couples. What are some hurdles you initially faced together and how did you overcome them? Mm. So, you know, the the way you, you can look at it in, in the relationship and especially in our relationship, when I was young, I lost my father uh, and I was six years old, he committed suicide. And so that kind of uh, experience had a, a big impression on me. And one thing that happened was that I associated love with pain. So if I'm going to love someone, I'm going to get hurt. And that played out in our relationship. Okay, so in our relationship, I was wanting to be close to Natasha, but I was terrified to be close to Natasha as well. And so there was a push and pull happening within the relationship because of that dynamic. And of course, you know, back then I was not aware of that. It's not like I was walking around knowing I'm afraid of love. <laughs> you know, that was not clear to me. And so one piece of the puzzle changed when I integrate this experience, you know, when I was able to make peace with it, when I was able to release the emotions and when I was able to heal that part of me. And then I was actually more able to engage within the relationship more fully. I think we hurt each other in very, um, in our own ways, like our own past actually shaped how we ended up hurting one another. So that that was kind of Yachim, this like push and pull, like committing but not committing, trusting but not trusting, giving but not all the way, you know. Um, for me, I grew up like in a household where I felt personally a lot of fear. It, it wasn't that I was in physical danger or anything like that, but like, emotionally I was often really scared of my parents especially so so I kind of like grew up learning to walk around eggshells making sure to do the right thing making sure everyone's happy so that I'd feel okay and that really translated into what 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 I ended up doing in our relationship so I'd be like taking on this role of who I think a wife should be and that's someone who needs to make him happy and that might yeah. sound like oh yeah well you want to be a good wife and why not well if that's your primary goal to keep pleasing your partner and make sure they don't have ever a bad day and that you take responsibility for how they feel it 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 actually um i consented to yahim crossing my boundaries over and over again because i didn't know how to set them like, I didn't value myself enough to actually say, hey, this is what I need. This is what I want. So, you know, it became really dysfunctional in a way. And I kept saying yes to stuff that I didn't want. So that was one. But then there was this part of me that needed control. So I would keep picking on him, especially with like like the stupidest stuff at home and within the household, like how he would wash a bell pepper, how he would bring me tomatoes in the kitchen. It doesn't matter what the heck he was doing. I would, I, I could manage to find something that wasn't my way. And I would tell him to, to, to like change and to fix himself. And this is the proper way. And it would get really frustrating for him because even if he wanted to be a good partner and he wanted to help me, I just kept bringing, bringing him down like nothing he did was ever good enough and I always kind of just like told him in this really annoyed and frustrated way and I in that moment didn't care how he received my feedback you know I was just like spazzing at him so it was really sticky like there's a lot of of these old patterns and dynamics coming through 
and it was like a web of sticky not niceness that that we got like caught in wow i think that's so interesting um it's interesting also that you even talked about like how your childhood shapes how you are in relationships because it's something that i've talked about in a previous episode understanding how the things that happened to you as a child experiences you went through and the kind of person you were and how your parents were towards you kind of shapes how you then are to someone else in a relationship i think for me definitely it's affected me like in relationships in terms of feeling not wanting people to go so like the whole idea of like not wanting to be abandoned not that my parents ever abandoned me but there was just a feeling of not wanting people to leave my life so like i'd always try to even if i saw things weren't going right i'd always try to like carry on maintaining it i'd like be the one to try and work things out even with like friendships that weren't serving me any purpose i'd like want to cling on to them and you know want to carry on the friendships so it's really interesting that you say that um about like yourself and how it then affected you guys in your relationship. You mentioned something um interesting actually. That a lot of people think that you know as time goes on as a long long relate long term relationship carries on, you know, you start to get comfortable, it becomes boring. What are some common myths about healthy relationships that people believe that you just think no actually, you know, this is not true. There's a better way to do things. Like what do you guys think? <laughs> well you already started out quite in a you know in a good in a good direction um other myths <laughs> that that and and here's the thing so we have to distinguish okay so myths are often what people think is normal people are always like well is this normal is that normal it's like look if the entire society is obese would you think it's normal to obese like it doesn't matter anymore because it's not healthy it's it's not it's not what you want and so we're trying to help people see well there's actually so much more possible and so one myth is is that a relationship deteriorates. You know, you get onto the honeymoon, this is as high as it gets, and from there it kind of is starting to go downhill. And yeah. and it has that impression because there is a period where this can happen. So you get on onto your high and it's emotionally, it's it's hormonally driven, right? You are on your hormones, and eventually that wears off. And when it wears off, you, you, you start to look at the other person and some of the things that you thought were funny or whatever start to be annoying and you have to figure <laughs> out how you're going to live together. And, you know, it, it becomes a much more a conscious choice whether you want to stay together or not. Yeah. And so when this period happens, often what, what comes up is, is, is like a power struggle that you are trying to reassert your independence and the other person is trying to reassert their independence and how things are done. And so you're kind of in this power struggle and many people don't go past this which is why there's this myth that this is basically it you know so okay we're just going to be bickering and nagging and have those disagreements and and all of that but that's not true you can actually make it through that phase and when you come out at the other end it's so much better it's better than the honeymoon because yeah. it is a conscious choice of loving the person and the depth and the richness with which you can meet the person is much greater than what you can do in the honeymoon right so that is one of the the, the very big myths that we're trying to to dispel and within that of course are smaller myths like you know oh you know we old couples just bicker oh nagging is normal criticizing is normal it's normal that you have uh, blame happening in the relationship and all of those things and it's like yeah it can go through a period like that and you can make a conscious choice to not have those patterns play out in your relationship, not to suppress Definitely. them. Okay, this is important not to suppress them, but to actually look at them, learn from them and move on and learn to interact with each other in a way that's empowering instead of disempowering. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then Definitely. what happens is you start to lift each other up. It becomes an upward spiral rather than a downward spiral, which many couples find themselves in. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, we often hear like communication is the key to relationships. Why do you feel like communication is so important? And like in terms of conflict, because I know when people argue, the communication goes downhill. And often sometimes people argue as a result of the communication already being messed up um, in terms of like not hearing the other person, not really understanding what the other person wants. Why do you feel like communication is so important in a relationship? So I'm going to rephrase it slightly and I'm going to say what is important is communication that's true and what's more important is connection. 
Okay. Because yeah. you can have communication all the way. And if there's no connection, the communication is going to deteriorate because you're not holding it in a connected space. You're not actually calibrating to the other person. You're not feeling them. You're not being with them. And then, you know, you're all over the place. So it's not communication by itself. It has to be communication with connection. And if I had to choose one of them, it's connection. It's not communication. And, and when you look at what happens in the brain when conflict happens, it really has a big impact on your body. So, you know, you can get into certain issues that uh, are very emotional to you and your rational brain gets hijacked it literally starts shutting down and so there's a fight yeah. or flight response happening and you're overloaded you're flooding uh, and your body has that reaction you can measure it the adrenaline is going to be increased your breathing is going to be increased heart rate is going to be increased blood pressure is going to be increased so there's a literally a physical reaction to that which then derails the conversation because you're not able to actually come back into the connection because all you see is danger 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 and yeah. who is the one that's danger well it's your spouse or what they're saying so you got to attack them or defend yourself against them right and so the key to start untangling that is to start to see while well, it's a reaction that's happening within you doesn't mean that it's true doesn't mean that this is reality doesn't mean that your spouse is the bad person or what they're saying is bad maybe there's truth in what they're saying and that takes an, a certain amount of emotional maturity to learn to regulate and to notice when you're going off the rails because it makes no sense to continue the conversation at that point in yeah. in most cases not not always but in most cases it makes no sense especially if it's a, a topic that's been reoccurring and it's kind of a cycle you know you just keep hurting each other over and over again there are moments where you can say, stop, we got to take a break. Let's go for a walk. You know, let's take time by ourselves and let yourself calm down. That's going to be more productive than just keep pushing for the conversation to be resolved. Definitely. Um, I can completely relate with that because in like conflict or like arguments, I'm more of someone that wants to take time to really think about what I want to say before saying it. Um, whereas I've been with people who want to say it in the moment, they want to get it out. And when they don't feel like they're being heard, they get even more annoyed and more fed up of the situation. And I've also been with people who find it so difficult to be vulnerable about how they genuinely feel. So like their genuine feelings only come out when things have escalated and things have like gone, gone, become really bad. Um, but how do people, um, become more vulnerable in relationships in terms of being able to express their feelings vulnerably? And even after like conflict, even after like feeling like they're not being heard, how do people get to that point where they feel vulnerable enough to open up and say, this is how I'm feeling. This is how it's affected me. You know, how, how, how do people get to that point, especially when they haven't maybe, for example, grown up being able to express their feelings um, comfortably. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I actually really struggle with this. Um, I think it's the vulnerability and the uh, conversation about communication. It's like the same coin, because what people don't really realize it's you know yes, there's communication and there are tons of communication tips out there how to deliver your message, what to say, how to do it. You know, like we have more than enough information and tips about communication, but how come yeah. we're still struggling, right? So, what if we look at it, um, especially with this vulnerability angle, from the point of view of like why do we communicate? Because there's something, a message or an experience or a reality within you that you need to share with someone else. And unless you carry that message, the true message, honest message, they, they might never know that or guess that. You know, we, we kind of assume over time, especially like in long-term relationships that like, oh, they, they, they're able to mind read me. But Yakim over this, all this time really can't mind read me. He can only write, mind read me when, when I'm like, I don't know, thinking about food. And he'll be like, are you hungry? You're, you're yeah. thinking about food, right? <laughs> That's the only time that he kind of knows I'm like, hmm. But otherwise, you don't know what's going on inside the other person's head. You don't know what they need. So there's so many assumptions here. So when it comes yeah. to vulnerability, if we really get down to what it actually is, it's like, how are we really feeling? What do we know to be true for ourselves? Like, don't 
don't forget who you should be, what you said yesterday, what conversation or argument you just had. Like, don't worry about the external stuff. Like, what's going on inside of you? And what is it that you think you need to say or share? What common ground do you need to establish with the other person? Because they don't know. They, they just yeah. have no clue at the moment. And a lot okay. of times, like, I'll, I'll give an example for me. When we hit rock bottom within our relationship, like I was trying to, I don't know, do all the things to make it work, but it didn't. But throughout that whole struggle, I didn't want to admit to myself or to Yahim just how badly things have gone in our relationship. I thought that the moment I bring it up, there'll be this can of worms and he'll be like, oh, I have a I have a difficult partner who's not happy and now we got to work on, you know, we got to work on this. Now, now <laughs> she has her opinions and she she can't stand this and she can't stand that. Like, I couldn't even imagine, right? I was really scared how he would react. And maybe he would just like throw his hands up and give up on us or not yeah. like what I was going to say or not accept how I was actually feeling. But at some point I couldn't do it anymore. It's like you can't keep up this facade of like everything's okay so I just like broke I broke and I told him I'm this unhappy I'm this hurt this is happening inside me this is how I actually feel and it was really hard for me to say because I'm like oh here we go now he knows <laughs> now, now, now he really sees you know and I was yeah. scared of how he was going to respond but how he actually responded surprised me because suddenly, instead of having this tug of war and this argument this whole time, and we we're trying to fix this problem, it's a problem, it's a problem. There was someone in the room who felt hurt, who asked for help, who opened up. Yeah. And that, if you still have someone who even moderately cares or loves you, they want to step up and fix it with you. But only yeah. if you admit openly to yourself and to the other person and communicate that vulnerably that they're given that opportunity to even do that with you so yeah. I had to learn that actually what I feel what I need what's going on inside of me it's so valid not only is it valid and it's necessary to communicate to him it's like the other piece that's missing in this relationship as long as I don't bring my truth and that honesty, this relationship doesn't work. It's not for me because yeah. I didn't make it for me. I didn't show up as me. So that's, I think, at the core what vulnerability is really about and some of the fears and insecurities we have about it. But you'd be so surprised if you truly come from a place where you open up and you ask for help and you're not like sharing your reality from a place of like Yahim said like oh now I'm gonna bring the I don't know the dirtiest like laundry so you feel bad about what you've done it's not that kind of emotional blackmailing stuff it's literally like I'm hurt or I'm feeling like this or like I need help or this is really going on what can we do together that kind of open conversation saves marriages but I think many of us are afraid to actually really show up and be seen which is ironic because we want to feel heard we want to be seen this whole time like we just want to be accepted for who we are yet that's the very thing we're kind of afraid to be so i think that's why i know this whole relationship feels it, it's it's really um worthwhile it's very very fascinating for us because it, it goes to the core of us human beings Boundaries is something that I just always felt is really important um, to have. But sometimes when you're with someone who maybe may be a bit more, a bit more expressive, a bit more um, 
a bit more about themselves. It's difficult to communicate how you genuinely feel and what you genuinely want from the relationship. Um, how do you actually set those boundaries in a relationship and how do you communicate that with a partner that may not be as someone someone that like would listen to you as much or someone that would um, take what you say seriously? Mm. So I'm going to share a little bit and probably Natasha something to share as well around this. The, the, the one thing that's misunderstood about boundaries is that we think we dream them up. So I just sit down and figure out my boundaries. No, you don't figure them out. You feel them. Okay, you feel your boundaries. It is something that's innate within you and it takes an honesty to feel them. Okay, it's not just something I just sit down and think about. It's very, very different when I just make a list of things that are not okay and actually emotionally connecting to it and feeling what impact it has when someone is talking over me or when someone is being disrespectful in some way or when someone is, you know, not sensitive to towards my feeling. How is that? What's the impact? Okay, that's the very first step and it's the most important step because if you're not in touch with it, you can't communicate it. All you have is empty words because you yourself are not in touch with, with your emotions and where the boundaries are actually coming from. And so that, that's what, what Natasha was, was trying to share, right? Is that she, only when she fully opened up and really showed what's happening within her, did I properly recognize it. And that's the same thing that can happen, you know, when it comes to boundaries is if, if you have just, if you're just with your mind showing up in the conversation, the other person is not going to get you because there's no heart in it. There's no substance to it. The boundaries have substance within them. And so that is something that's really vital and that don't, that you don't really read too much about because yes, you can have the how to and how to sit down with someone and talk to about it. But if you don't have the firepower behind it, it will not make a difference. Okay. And so once you have that, once you are in touch with what's going on, what's happened, then it is actually the time to communicate them. Uh, with your partner and and the way you can do that is is, is just through is through conversation um so yeah. you know sometimes it's it's not a good idea to be like you know can we have a talk because the other person is going to be like red alert red alert red alert something's wrong i screwed up <laughs> you know and they're going to be on being defensive or something like that so it may be better to yeah. kind of have a you know, you go for a walk or something <laughs> like that and you, you can bring something like this up. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it is within the conversation, within being connected. So I always look for connection first. Again, we come back to that connection piece before you go into, okay, what's actually happening. And then once we have the boundary uh, and we have the impact has on us, that is what we want to communicate. So you don't want to communicate, well, you are doing that and this is wrong and you shouldn't do that. And why are you treating me like that? And all of that, because what that is doing is you're attacking the other person for the other person to to take this as a, or in, the interpretation that they will have is like, well, I'm doing something wrong. It's bad. Even if you're sharing and you're coming from, you know, I feel when you're talking uh, louder or whatever, I feel scared. I feel scared inside and I and I don't know what to do. Even saying that they can feel attacked, but that's okay. But at least you're staying with your experience and you're staying with what's happening with you and you're showing up as yourself and you're opening yourself up to what's actually true so that the other person can see it because the other person might not be aware of it. Okay, you, you may think, well, I've told them whatever amount of time. Well, Natasha has told me many times, but it wasn't until she actually became fully open and honest that for me it clicked. Right. So that's yeah. why this openness, this the communication, that's another piece. Many people think communication is words. It's not. Words is just like the last ten percent or whatever. It's your body language, yeah. it's your tonality, it's your pacing. There's so much happening in communication. And you can think about, oh well, how am I showing up? Am I carrying myself right? Whatever, and try to micromanage it. Well, to shortcut that, that's why we keep coming back to the thing, which is Come back to your emotions, because if you are in touch with what's happening within you, that will then show up in the, in the entire conversation, right? So yeah. those are a few things that I can say around boundaries, and I think Natasha may have some other things to share. The more connected you are with, like Yahim said, what your emotions, what you actually went through, you know, the more clarity you have within yourself, the less 
swayed you'll be by by your partner's conviction that、mm-hmm. their reality is right or whatever. And it's not because you're not really entering into a debate here, right? You're not trying to be like. Oh, I'm here, and this is right. And oh, what's your point of view? And oh, yeah, it's that. Well, here we go. <laughs> and you sort of start to like debate it out, right? And sometimes it's like that. You're like ping pong back and forth. But the the truth <laughs> the truth here is that you're just sharing your experience. You're sharing your reality. And at the end of the day, your partner doesn't matter who it is in the world. They can choose to accept that and acknowledge that or not. You know, you can't really force someone else to do anything that you want them to. But、yeah. in terms of the responsibility we have towards ourselves, is you know we are responsible for ourselves and what we need. So we, the best thing we can do is to. Get in touch with it so clearly, as clearly as we can, so that we can help someone else to understand it. So, you know, it it, it might not just take one conversation. You're trying to help someone else see a reality that they have never experienced, because it's your life. It's what you went through. It's what you feel. You know, you're helping、yeah. them see something here. And and it's not about convincing or my way or your way, right? But I think when it comes to relationships and and things like this, yes, it sounds like you're talking about boundaries and it sounds like you're talking about con- conflicting views and things like that. But really, I think, in essence, a relationship, if there's two people in it, it's like you're trying to share two worlds. And clearly,、yeah. these two worlds clash, and they're totally different. And you have different brains, and your different personalities, and how you see things is totally different. You, same conversation, you hear the same sentence, you understand something differently. So it it does take a bit of translating and patience to really share the two worlds. Yeah, and I think that willingness is 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 necessary. But first, I think the willingness starts with ourselves and. The clarity we must have within ourselves to even begin sharing, but I would kind of come、yeah. from that place of, like,、mm, are we having this conversation? So kind of like set boundary, like I almost see that as like someone taking like a roadblock, be like no more, or like turn around, or like drawing a red line, you know, like because it sets. It sounds so harsh and like okay, here's the line, you know, but really、yeah. it's like no, 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 we're here to like share our two worlds. And our、yeah. world clashes, or there's tension, or there's friction in this area. But I need to share this world with you and see if I can help you understand it. So maybe we can,、mm. you know, have something that feels healthy and respectful for me. Not so much that、mm. putting your foot down and like, oh, now I've set my boundary. No, and also <laughs> there's there's another piece to that, which is it's not in the conversation as such that the boundary is fully established. It's in the embodiment of it. Meaning, it's in your day-to-day life. You can have a conversation,、mm. and nothing changes. So, for example, Natasha had a tendency to blame me for things、um, that all the times were out of my control. <laughs> like she put a toast up or something like that, and it burns. I didn't wasn't aware that it burned. Like that she is doing a toast, and she's <laughs> she's blaming me for it. And I'm like, what happened? You know, <laughs> what's going on here? So that was that's that's an example. You know, so for she that. Kind of blame、uh, was crossing my boundary,、um, and so that was something where we had a conversation about not just once but several times, and it was then also about bringing it up into her awareness in everyday life. You know, so it is about bringing it up in in everyday life as well. If your partner is on board already and they are like, yeah, you know, let's do something about it.、Uh, you're together as a team, but even if you're not together as a team, you can still stand up for yourself and say no. Or say, you know, actually that comment is hurting me. I don't appreciate、yeah. that. Um, could you talk nicer to me? Like, there's different ways that you can, um, or things that you can embed within your everyday life that will help to reinforce in quotes, uh, the the boundary. It will will make it a a lived reality. But that can only happen、yeah. if you are in touch. You have communicated it, and you are clear within yourself that you're not. Having it anymore in your life, not from a place、yeah. of 
I got to shut you down or you're the, the bad person. It's more like for my own health, for my own well-being, for my own happiness, I'm choosing to say no to certain behavior that my partner is bringing into this. And I'm withdrawing yeah. myself from that dynamic. I'm not participating in that anymore. It has to come from that place. Otherwise, it's a, uh, you know, you're not going to you're not going to get anywhere. You have to drive the change yeah. that you want to see. Yeah, um, it's really interesting that you actually say that, that the fact that you have to in yourself believe it and want it and then be able to communicate it with someone else. Because if you don't believe that this is something that you want or you need um, to be healthy or to, to survive or thrive in the relationship, then you can't really share it with someone else. You can't really communicate with someone else because you don't really feel it in yourself. And it's also interesting that you said also as well that the fact that um, it's not in the actual communication as in the actual um, meeting or like time when you speak to that person it's in the day-to-day it's in what you actually what you what you show in your day-to-day what you how you act and the kind of things you say what you require not just because you said oh um please don't do this to me if you do this to me this is going to happen it's what are you doing every day that is actually communicating that because you said communication is not just what i say it's how i act it's um my body language it's my tone it's my everyday so yeah thank you guys so much for saying that um when i was speaking to natasha about the episode she said something really um interesting about um compromise and synergy and obviously i this is the this is not the first time i'm hearing about synergy but i just never really understood it and i just always I just always felt like I hear everywhere, oh, you need to compromise, you need to do this, you need to do that. (laughs) Um, But why do you guys think synergy is better than compromise? And what is the difference? Would you like share, like, what is the difference between them? And why is it that compromise in the long term doesn't actually work, doesn't actually um, help couples to come closer and feel more connected? Well, this is a... A, a great question and and synergy you know sounds, sounds like a, a big word so let's kind of define it in in very simple terms so synergy the way you can look at it is that you know you have um, and let's go to kind of physics um, you have one piece of metal and you have another piece of metal and they can withstand certain kind of force let's say you know uh, um, five newton or whatever you combine them together and instead of just it's five plus five it, which would be 10 it's only 20. You know, so it's like it's exponential, right? It's not just combined together. And that is what synergy actually does. Synergy is that the 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 whole is greater than the sum of its parts, right? You have all those different parts you would combine together, but it's actually greater than that. And that is what synergy does, and that's what happens in a relationship. It's not one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals a hundred. Right. That's what we were talking about when we're talking about synergy. Um, now, when it comes to, to compromise, uh, compromise is often born from I. this is my world and this is what I want to do, this is what she wants to do, and we somehow have to meet in the middle. And mm. I'm going to give something up and she's going to give something up and, well, I'm not going to be quite happy about it, she's probably not going to be quite happy about it, but, you know, it's for the better of the relationship, so let's do it. Uh, and what often happens is, one, um, that if compromise is misunderstood, um, you, you are going to cross your boundaries as well because you're just going to be feel like, well, I'm just going to give in. Um, two, you keep being separate people. You're thinking in this moment about me giving something up for the relationship. You're not actually mm-hmm. looking at you being one unit. And so when we're talking about synergy, it's okay, so there's my way, there's her way, and yes, there's the kind of the compromise we could do, but what if we throw both solutions out of the window and we sit together together and we come up with a unique solution for us that we haven't thought of, neither one of us has thought about it. We, We don't know that solution yet. We have to find that solution together as a couple. Right. And that is actually where it naturally becomes a win-win situation because both are part of finding that solution. And it takes creativity, it takes willingness to actually do that. And with the compromise, it, it just, in many, in many ways, it, it often doesn't really work. 
in, in the long run people feel frustrated people feel they're not getting what they actually want from the relationship i mean a friend of mine he he gave this great example of his girlfriend or actually wife she really loves to hike and he doesn't love so much hiking uh, and one day she wants to go for a hike and he wanted to go to a birthday party and they made a compromise uh, they were like okay i'll come for the hike but we'll do a bit shorter so that we can go home and shower and get ready for the party and so they did that and he was miserable on the hike she was unhappy because the hike was shorter in the end they were late uh, and, and both were unhappy with what has happened you know and it, and, and it comes from this idea that i have to like do this for my partner you know and in this yeah. very instance uh, synergy could be to to also see okay actually i'm going to do what's best for me in this moment which i'm going to go for the hike and he's going to do whatever he's going to do and then you know we're going to show up again together you know because that is actually fostering yourself and taking care of yourself and then showing up together yeah. synergy might have been something else right that is where the, the the thinking will come in and the being together and finding okay what is actually that we want to create what is actually important to us in this because most times you have no idea why something is important to you you just know he's like yeah it, it's important but why like how does it make you feel for example if physical intimacy is really important to you why what yeah. are you getting out of it if um you know, someone cooking for you is really important to you. Why? Because many times we're completely unconscious of, of, of what it means to us. Well, you know, if someone is cooking for me, it means they're showing their love, their care. I feel taken care of. I feel cherished. I feel whatever, right? Okay, so that's the feeling and you want that feeling. Yeah, that's what I'm actually looking for. I'm looking for that feeling. Well, there's other ways that that feeling can come about as well. Yeah, yeah. You can, right? And so you see, as when you look at synergy, when you go into the conversation together, you're breaking those structures apart and you're starting to find your way that's unique for you as a couple and you start to form this microculture that is unique to you as a couple and that is not yours, it's not hers, it's ours. Wow. That's really powerful. Um, I think a lot of relationships, especially nowadays, it's all about me, me, me. What can you give me? What can you do for me? Yeah. What can I get out of this? But you never think about what you can offer the other person. What do you bring to the table? What, what, how can you help someone else out? And I think, um, I think if people, if people look at relationships more as what can I give somebody else, um, rather than like transactional in terms of like, what can I get out of this? What can I give? I think a lot of relationships would be in such a better place. Like even like the number of divorces like would go down because people would be wanting to serve and help and, you know, foster and nurture their relationship rather than wanting to just take from it and just benefit from it. Um, in terms of that, how do you guys think people can shift to a more giving mindset? Because I think innately, I feel like, people are just born selfish. And the thing is like, biologically being selfish has obviously served us, right? Because, you know, <laughs> if we weren't selfish, we wouldn't do certain things. We wouldn't like put ourselves first in certain situations, but in relationships that is actually not good. It's it actually then it actually is a, it's a detriment to the relationship. So how do people innately knowing that they're selfish how do people shift to that mindset where they want to give, where they want to help, where they want to um, nurture someone else? How do people get to that stage? I would actually introduce this idea of having a more synergetic um, relationship in a different way. Because people yeah. show up individually in their relationship and, and this is usually the thinking, like, okay, you're who you are. I like you enough to be committed to you and you two to me. And, well, let's hope that we can make this work so we both get what we need from this. Like, that's yeah. a very typical, like, you know, like, if you say selfish, like, I'm here because I like what you tend usually give me or make me feel. And you also enjoy the majority of the time how I make you feel. So as long as we keep it up, I guess it's all good, you know. Now, 
that might work very well in the honeymoon phase when you're like, oh, like this person is so special and they're <laughs> unique and uh, yeah, I can't wait to learn more about them. Everything's so interesting. And then like Yakim says, that hormonal phase ends and you have the reality of it. You wake up and they mm. look the way they actually do <laughs> in the morning <laughs> and their jokes are as stupid as they actually are and you know and, and maybe they're as messy or whatever it turns out to be that you know they their life or their lifestyle is is like right so you kind of land on that yeah. reality and and then and then the power struggle begins so the way out of this me thinking like i need to get that out of you and out of this relationship is to like Yahim said can we step away from what I'm getting because the power struggle thinking is in this mindset he's like this his humor is like this his way of I don't know mopping the floor is like this and this my way this is the right way clearly you know clearly my humor is right or like my grocery list like is the right way so he better get on with my system or i'm gonna suffer here you know so it's all about yeah. trying to make the other person be like you and yeah. act like you and do things your way understand your way and just be you you, you know so in the end you're like i can only be happy when he stops doing his thing oh like like the way he does you know whoa wait a second because that you're breaking the definition of a relationship because you have two individuals and you're trying to yeah. make the other person exactly like you think like you reason like you like that's crazy you can't Eating a clone. You can't because you're not in a relationship with yourself and there's no way you can do that. Can you even think of a success rate of trying to make someone like you? You there's no success rate. <laughs> not even your twin. Yeah. I bet twins drive either each other crazy because they're different, right? So <laughs> so it's like actually this method of trying to get things your way and making the other person like you so that there's no conflict, there's no friction, there's no tension. It simply doesn't work. And that yeah. keeps us in the power struggle. Really, that's the thing that keeps on making us having the same annoying conversations and fighting about a towel and, you know, blaming each other. That, that is where we're stuck. So if we suddenly realize that, okay, okay, so if there's another person here, okay, fine, I can accept that. Okay, I can also maybe finally accept that I can never ever make them do everything the way that I want them to. All right, I'll come down to that reality too. So what is left? Like what is possibly left in this relationship? Well, what's mm. left is a completely different individual who has a different way of thinking, a different way of doing things, and if we actually opened up to each other, like those two worlds I was talking about, you could learn so much. You could create together. You could, you know, do things you can't on your own. Like you're a real yeah. power couple. It's magic. So that's what we're missing. So mm. if you truly want to be selfish, that's what you want to tap into because that's not frustrating. It can take a while to actually problem solve together and get to know one another and truly listen to one another. It's a different way of being together. But you won't be stuck in that power struggle where you're constantly trying to make the other person like you and trying to get things yeah. the way that you think you want it. Because there might be a better way than how you currently see things. And mm. you'll only realize it when you learn from your partner. So yeah. we had to go through this ourselves. Like this is not all theoretical. We had to go through this ourselves. And we hit a roadblock when we start working together on this business you know mm. at home in life we did pretty well but then when we had to work together too it's like whoa yahim your brain like it's so different from mine how did we ever get along like it, it, it was like you don't you see the world in a completely different way and it makes no sense to me like at the beginning it made no sense to me i was so practical he was so like visionary i was like 
the heck? <laughs> the heck? How does how did your brain serve you all this time? And like, how did it even make sense to me all the conversations we had? Because I suddenly didn't understand him. But it took work. It took a lot of conversations to be like, yeah, I'm share me your world. Like, share how you understood that. And I had to learn, and I had to appreciate it, and I had to see the brilliance in his way of being. And I don't think yeah. many people get to that point where they actually, they're not like just like infatuated and in love with their partner. Like it's like I have true appreciation for who Yahim is, mm. and all the ways that he's different. And I recognize there are a lot of weaknesses and you know strengths. It's, it's just really different people. But I can say I have a true, you know, value. I can see the true value. I recognize him as who he truly is. And I don't feel like I need to change him to appease me or to give me what I need. Because I actually see the value in this human being before me. So I Mm. think it's this shift of where the value actually is. The value isn't in making the other person you. Because that, yeah. that, just live with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to give you a, a metaphor around this that is quite uh, practical and that we share with uh, women in our program as well, is you can look at it as, as, as a different culture. Okay, Natasha is her own culture and I have my own culture. Uh, not just because she comes from a different country, uh, but literally it's like a, a little mini culture. And so you, everyone wants to go travel. Why? Because you want to experience new things. Well, you can stop thinking about traveling and can just open yourself up to how your spouse is seeing the world, right? Because if you go to Asia, if you go to America, if you go to Australia or wherever you want to go, and you go there and you actually immerse yourself in the culture, you are going to listen, you're going to open yourself up, you're going to be like, oh, wow, why are you doing it this way? What? Why are you seeing that? Why are you doing this ritual? And, and all of those kind of things, you, you are going to be open to wanting to understand those people if you're traveling yeah. for cultural purposes. And that's the same thing in a marriage. You can actually adopt that mindset, right? And the other thing I want to add, which is quite quick, when you actually start serving your partner, it's more pleasurable than trying to be selfish. Mm. Okay, and that is why it's sustainable. It yeah. the mind always can thinks, oh well, you know, if I give this up, I'm gonna lose out. Because you can only see what you're gonna lose, but you don't see what you're gonna gain. And what you're mm. going to gain is much greater because it's so much more fulfilling to actually help your partner and uplift them. And empower them yeah and uh once you experience that you're like why would i even want to be selfish it makes no sense we often hear that the wedding is supposed to be like the best day of your life or the the, the most amazing thing that's ever happened um and you guys talked a lot about the honeymoon stage and you know coming out of that stage where you feel like this person is the most amazing person and you know seeing seeing not really seeing them for who they really are but seeing them for who you've dreamt up they could be how do you deal with after like let's say for example like that's the wedding is the peak as people say as people say it is how do you make your relationship better than your wedding day better than the honeymoon stage how do you do that because i feel like you guys seem to understand the um, importance of appreciating each other and seeing each other for who you really are but are there any any tips that you can share with people to get their relationship to a point where it's even better than the best stage that people say yes absolutely before we share any tips i want to just real quick make a very short uh, detour and that is you got to understand that there's two different kinds of pleasure um, one is joy it's joyous it's deep it's satisfying it's fulfilling it's enriching and the deeper it goes the better it is it's lasting the other one is peak experiences peak experience you're only going to have them once you get your new car you're only going to have that experience of getting a new car for the first time once mm. and you're never going to have that experience ever again unless you upgrade the car and get a ferrari next time or a jet or, or a rocket or whatever right so you're gonna <laughs> keep chasing after that high because you can't sustain that high yeah and that's a trap that right there is what we call the pleasure trap because mm. you can't recreate and so you're going down a never-ending chase 
Okay, and that can happen with possessions, it can happen with partners, it can happen with sex, it can happen with all kinds of things. It's a pleasure trap, you're never going to get out of it. Unless you start seeing through it and see that this is not what's actually going to fulfill you. And that's the same thing with the honeymoon and the so-called best day of your life and all of that. That's usually a high, it's a pleasure high. Okay. And once you know this distinction and you're like, okay, wait, so there's the pleasure high, but there's actually another high, which is not as a as as a, a, a like a, a a spike but it's it's sustainable then you're like the spike becomes unappealing like that's how i experience it now it's like yeah i can have the spike but it, it's gonna go and then it's gone it's like it's it's not that great but i can have that deep joyous being and that being together and that feels so beautiful and enriching and so if you want to actually make your relationship better than the honeymoon you got to get off the pleasure seeking okay the pleasure Mm. trap you got to get out of it and you got to find the depth within the relationship that you can have when you can become still together when you really deeply feel each other without words without doing something but just each other's presence like when you actually can connect on that deep of a level you're like yeah of course i'm going to choose this versus just being on a high yeah yeah so it's almost like less about orchestrating the perfect whatever so that you experience something that amazing but it's more like connecting to every single moment that you have with your partner because each one is different and that's why all those movies where those people get stuck on like in the groundhog day and that they repeat even if it's like oh it's christmas every day where it's like the best day of our lives the second time they're like oh okay yeah i guess uh, i'll have more champagne again or like i'll eat that whatever favorite cake of mine again yay but the fifth and the tenth and the twentieth time they're like get me out of here because you don't want to experience the same thing even though it was so great the first time if you repeat it enough times it's not fun (laughs) so what does that mean that means the true joy and the happiness here is in appreciating, you know, how every day you are changing in each moment you're sharing something different. So in each mm. moment that you share with your partner, there's something, something there, but you have to see it, you have to feel it, you have to like get into it and not be like, oh, well, nothing special, just another day and we're at home and, you know, it's like, no, 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 you, you're, you're still together. Maybe there's still love. Maybe there's still care. Like, what's here between you two that you're sharing right in this moment? And can you recognize it? Like, can you actually feel that right now instead of comparing it to some kind of, you know, orchestrated thing in your head that you think you want or need? Mm. So it's it's like, you know, every it's like every moment you could be receiving a lot from your, like, relationship. But do we actually choose to feel that and see that? Yeah. Mm. You know, hands down, the most practical thing I can give you uh, to make your relationship better than the honeymoon is to question your thoughts. Your thoughts are not reality. And what you think about your partner is not your partner. You believe you know your partner, you don't. Okay, and this is difficult for people to understand at the beginning, but you really got to question it because when you are together and the, the thought comes up, oh, you know, yes, it, it's not so great and I'd rather be somewhere else and all of that. And, and the story starts spinning and all of that. That's all thought based. That's all yeah. thought, 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 thought. It's not based in reality. And most people are not in touch with reality and they're not in touch with their partner. They're in touch with the projection about their partner. Okay, and so that is hands down the most practical thing you can do is question your thoughts become aware how trapped you are in those thoughts and thinking that you know them because here's the thing every moment is unique and it will never ever repeat yeah ever but people hear that and they're like yeah 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 but like that means everything is so fleeting and your partner mm-hmm. can die the next moment just like that it's over yeah but because we're trapped in our thought, we think it's forever and we are just mm. in here. But, you know, it, it's real. A friend of mine, his 
brother died at 24, heart attack. Out of nowhere. He was a sports guy. Died on the field. Mm. You know, so we, we don't realize that because we are so trapped in thoughts and making everything habitual. And so breaking out yeah. of that habitualness, and which is based in many ways in thoughts, that is where you come back to actually being here now with that special, unique human being that you're never going to see again the same way because they're changing and changing and changing. Mm, that's amazing. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, I've learned so much in just this one hour that we've just sat down together. You guys have so much to say and so much knowledge and wisdom. Um, so thank you for sharing. Um, if my audience wants to connect with you or just learn a bit more about you or you know connect with your services, how can they reach you? How can they get in touch with you? Yeah. We actually have a pretty fun quiz. Uh, it's free that you can take. Uh, you can find it at yourexceptionalrelationship.com and then forward slash understand. Um, it's all about like communication because like when things are getting a bit rocky, the communication, that's where one of the places where um, it'll begin to show like how you speak to one another, like what what you start to do. So, um, yeah. So if you take that quiz, you can actually kind of check in and be like, OK, how is my communication? Is Am I doing certain things that, you know, aren't that beneficial to my relationship, but I might not be aware of and like kind of um, how to address that. So that's a fun resource that you can actually get over there. Uh, we do okay. have a program. Uh, it's for people in, you know, like more con committed relationships. And it's a three month program. And it's called the Cherished Wife Program. Because when, okay. when things start to break down, you just, like, like you say, you do kind of feel neglected, abandoned. And like, what about me? And like, what about what I need? And it's kind of going yeah. into that repair mode can feel quite scary because it feels like you're losing you could be losing someone so close to you so that's why we have a like a longer term program where people can actually really get the help to to fix their relationship and get the help that they need especially the emotional side and also like the very practical stuff that you know some of it we already shared on here Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Level Up With Leo. I hope you guys learned something. Um, I definitely learned a lot. Um, so yeah, guys, make sure you check out Yahim and Natasha's website, um, yourexceptionalrelationship.com. And I hope you guys have a wonderful day. Let me know what you guys thought about the episode and I'll catch you guys on the next episode of Level Up With Leo. Bye guys. Bye. Bye-bye.